Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Therapy sucks, or so you thought. I know it can be a little bit awkward having to make the appointment, having to go visit someone, sit down, take time out of your day. And as busy as we all are, I can understand. It seems like impossible to do so. Fortunately for us at The Coffee Breakup, we're sponsored by BetterHelp. And with BetterHelp, you literally have access to a therapist at your fingertips. Coolest thing about them, literally, you sign up, create a profile, they'll match you with a therapist that's pretty much going to be with exactly what you're looking for. So how important is it with mental health? I mean, we got stressed throughout the day, whether it's work, life, your partner, whatever it may be. BetterHelp, you're able to have access to to actually talk to someone about your problems that can really guide you in the right direction. I don't know about you, that's pretty important. You want to actually have like a normal life or anything, just saying. Coolest thing about us, you know, it is 10% off for all the Coffee Breakup listeners for your first month. So sign up now at betterhelp.com slash the coffee breakup. Again, that's 10% off for your first entire month. Literally no excuse. Check out for your mental health today. Later. You can think back to not very long ago when you were afraid to have what you have today. Mm. And you could also at the same time recognize that you're probably, most people, probably not much happier as a result of all this. taxes. Yeah, yeah, you, so yeah, if you can't delegate, regulate, or any other eight, yes. um, yeah. you still gotta do <laughs> it, yeah, right? If you can't eat it. How yeah. can we enjoy doing it? That's right. How can you find yes. some right. sort of... And if you can't, and, and worst case, you can't enjoy it, can you at least not make your pain more painful while you're doing it? I was so severely depressed, and I was suicidal for years, man. Years. I still have suicide test marks on my wrist. Yeah, because I was so beyond, I was like, nothing can help me. Like, I can't, first of all, I'm not going to be able to achieve what I want to achieve, whatever it is. Second of all, I don't see the point of even achieving any of it. I see people who have that stuff, and they seem miserable, too. What is it exactly that you do for yeah. the people that just kind of tune in? Before that, we I think we should have some sort of formal introduction for Mr. Robert Mack, because, I mean... Uh-oh. It's almost, you have like a laundry list of things. Like I remember when I was reading a little bit about you, put it this, look, Robert Mack is an Ivy League educated, positive psychology expert, celebrity happiness coach, published author and television host and producer. What can't this man do? And spends three hours at a gym every day. (laughs) (laughs) Usually has meant me being broke for long periods of time. (laughs) But so go ahead. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself and and basically what it is that you practice and and to what Mormon said. Yeah. Great. I appreciate that, by the way. Um, Yeah. So I'm really just a guy that likes to see people happy, you know, because I wasn't happy for so long. So, yes, I have um, a master's in applied positive psychology from the University of Pennsylvania. Um, it's only about 20-some-year-old degree and science that's focused on the empirical study of what makes life worth living, like the relationship between happiness and success. And so that's probably the most important thing I could share is that 
there is a relationship between happiness and success, but obviously not in the direction that most of us think it is. Most of us think, well, if I can achieve, accomplish, and acquire X, Y, and Z, I'll be happy. We know statistically that's not the case. That actually the, the relationship is reverse. The happier you are, the more successful you tend to be for the most part. And so the science of positive psychology is really about what makes for a happy life and what does a happy life lead to or what does being happy lead to with respect to your relationships, your health, longevity, uh, making money, saving money, um, kindness, you know, um, how charitable you are, things like that. So I write and talk to people about how to become happier and therefore more successful from the inside out. Um, sometimes that happens on TV. Sometimes it happens through books. Sometimes it happens through client sessions in my private practice. Sometimes it happens through corporate talks. Yeah. Uh, but it's the same thing, uh, just repurposed. So it's funny because so you're saying finding like finding happiness will lead to success rather than success leading to happiness. Yes. So it's almost like people get it twisted because you, especially for us, we're like, we want to be successful so we, then we have a happy life and all these things. And it's like, almost like it's the other way around, right? That's crazy. Before so, you, 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 you comment right. on that, I saw a post the other day on Instagram that, that this guy is, is Chris Will Will X or something like that. He's a buzz cut. He yeah, always has podcasts, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And he, the quote that he was saying is, um, you've already accomplished the goals you said would make you happy. Yeah. Right. So true. And so it, it kind of ties into what the assumption mm. is, where it's like, well, if I achieve this, then I can be happy. I when just love it's that. the other way around. That's right. That's right. Like if you sit and look at your life, look at all the things you've accomplished, all the things you acquired, all the things you've achieved, all the relationships you've had, um, the money you've made, the money you've spent. Uh, if you look at your life as it exists today, you can think back to not very long ago when you would have prayed to have what you have today. Mm. And you could also at the same time recognize that you're probably, at least most people, are probably not much happier as a result of all that, of all that achievement, accomplishment, you know, and, and acquisitions. So, like, I would do that consistently. Like, wow, it's interesting. Like, I remember thinking, I'm gonna, I want a German car. I'm gonna get a BMW eventually, you know. And I got a BMW, and then I was like, I'm gonna get a Mercedes next, get a Mercedes. And then I'm gonna move to Florida, and then I'm gonna do all these things, you know. I'm gonna write a book, and then you think, oh, I'm gonna be significantly happier when I achieve and accomplish any of that, let alone all of it. Or I'm going to get the chick. I'm going to finally get that chick that I, you know, right, and you do. Right, right, and yeah. then you're like, then like, this is dope for like a week, a month, maybe a year. And it can be still dope afterwards. But if you're not happy to begin with, you find that you experience what's called the hedonic treadmill or hedonic adaptation. Uh -huh. It's like human beings are like cockroaches. We like acclimate to everything. And so even the best of things can, come, can become mundane. Um, but that also means that even the worst of things we can sort of adjust to. Um, but that's the problem is that... Um, you can never get enough of what you don't really need. Mm. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's so crazy. Yeah. Wow. You yeah. kind of yeah, yeah. stumped you a little yeah, bit yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, cause the, way, the way that I see it is it's almost like people, they kind of just chase, chase, chase blindly thinking that that's what's going to lead them to happiness. But they're never truly content because then once you do, we, we talk about this all the time. Once you do get it, it's like, well, your obsession was just in chasing you know, and just kind of going after something, but you yourself aren't actually happy. Like you think that, oh, if once I get this, I'm going to be su super happy with my life. Yeah. But then you just wanted to chase. It, you it, just wanted to go after something. You nailed it, man. Like, I just love that. You give me shivers because I get these soul shivers when I just hear truth being shared, you know. And it's like a, it's destination addiction. You know, we have an addiction to being at or reaching the destination, 
And we're just convinced, for very good reasons, the brain is wired and designed in a way to make us chase, to make us pursue, to make us hunt, you know, to make us gather. Um, it's set up in a way to problem solve, essentially. And problem solving is okay. mostly about convincing you that solving your problem will make your life better off. That's what keeps humanity evolving, allows us to evolve as human beings. Um, the problem, of course, with that is that it doesn't lend itself to being very happy or very content or very satisfied for very long. And so if you leave the brain to its own devices, you will live probably a pretty successful life, but it won't necessarily be a happy one. Um, it would just be one that's full of like continuous chasing and hunting. And um, if you, so the challenge is and the opportunity is how do you find joy and pleasure and contentment in the journey as well as the destination, you know, in the process as well as the results in the sort of like taking the action as well as the fruit of the action mm -hmm. um, and not hoping and praying and believing, expecting that achieving something more or better is going to make you happy in a lasting, meaningful, and abiding way, because it will not. You remember when we were talking with Andre here, and we had said, um, what's the, or, or, or what would be your 2024 goals in one word? So we had someone that we had asked. Yeah. And um, one of my friends last year, her 2023 word was contentment, right? And I think he had one, your first one was something about being grateful or something that gratitude. gratitude. Something, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we had um, Andre on, and he's like, no, man, but, like, just because, like, everything happened, you still got to go after. You still got to, you know, move forward. Like, there's always, you know, something that we can accomplish. You know, there's more that we can do. Sure. But I think what he missed the point was, yeah, it's, it's important to always look for self-improvement, but we also should be grateful. And turn back around and look at the road that we've paved already. Yes. Because then that at least allows us, because, I mean, if you're always kind of beating yourself down because, oh, okay, I can always do more. I can always, you know, go after this. Um, sometimes you kind of feel a little, like, lonely in, in the sense where you're like, man, like, well, like I'm, I'm not successful because I, I haven't gotten that next level yet. Yeah. But sometimes you just got to sit back, turn around, and be like, hold on, man. Well, see, that's what you, you just nailed. That's, that's, the, that's part of the challenge and opportunity with happiness and sort of the pursuit of happiness that we often call success is that it's like chasing the horizon. Um, it doesn't matter how fast in that boat you row or how far you row, you never actually get to the horizon, because, <laughs> right? You never get so there, true, right? Yeah, yeah. Because the, the same mentality that we have now that says the future will be better than the present, tomorrow will be better than today, we take with us into the future. And so we continue to project happiness and quote-unquote success into some future moment that isn't now here, right? Mm -hmm. So you're always chasing this unicorn or this illusion, but you don't realize it. You're just like, no, no, no. When I get that chick, when I get that guy, when I get that money, when I get the house, I will be happier. But you don't realize that you take the same mindset, the same lens with you into the future moment or into that new relationship or into the new city, mm -hmm. and you project mm -hmm. happiness and success into some future moment. That's why I have clients, and I love, I love all my clients. And I have friends. And, you know, some of them make obscene sums of money. We all know people like this. Obscene sums of money. And they feel and talk as though they're poorer than any of my clients who don't make anything at all. Wow. Right? Make $20 million a month. $20 a month, you should be able to live off that. But <laughs> no. Maybe. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, they don't, but often they don't feel successful. So what's the point of being successful if you don't feel successful for it? Ooh, okay. Right? So then what are some what are some ways that someone can kind of find this bit of I guess we can call it gratitude, right? To yeah. kind of self-reflect. 
in if someone's really like always after the chase or never really feeling fulfilled what are some actions that they can take to kind of just yeah take the lens change the lens in yeah. this case i think the first place to start is to ask yourself like what are you optimizing your whole life for you know it's easy to chase different things in life because we all have a little bit of that like shiny penny syndrome it's like the shiny object syndrome you know it's like something shiny we just chase it mm -hmm. and okay. that's that's fine but you want to step back and, and, and ask yourself and remind yourself, look, hopefully we have like 100 years left in like these beautiful human flesh costumes, you know, <laughs> but maybe also just a day, maybe an hour, maybe five minutes. We genuinely don't know. Like only this moment is, is even this moment isn't guaranteed. Sure. No moment is guaranteed. Knowing that, what are you optimizing your whole life for? What's the point and purpose of your entire life? And trying to answer that question in a very selfish way. Some people will say it's money. That's fine. So other people say it's success. Some people say it's love or happiness. I say it's happiness because for me, happiness is the only terminal value that exists, meaning that with everything else that you accomplish or achieve, you want it for some other reason. And that other reason is to feel better. And I call that better feeling happiness or contentment or fulfillment. But if you look at every other object or activity or relationship that you pursue, you think that you want it for its own sake. But if you're looking closely, you don't want it for its own sake. You only want it because you think it will give you a feeling that we call happiness. Right, so if you got if you got the girl, or you got the guy, or you got the money, and you were miserable as a result of it, you'd say, "Screw this! I'm not interested." So it's happiness that we're ultimately all, all after. So I'd say, reflect on that. You know, each and every one of you out there in the world, you're for yourselves. Mm -hmm. If you're clear um, and you think about it deeply enough, you'll come around to something similar, which is that happiness is the point. And then you want to reverse engineer out of your life everything that doesn't directly and essentially contribute to that primary goal of happiness. Okay. Okay. So, but so then, how so? Like, yeah. In, in so the idea would be, if you don't love it, and you don't enjoy it, ideally you don't do, do it. it. Yeah, don't do it. Don't do it, right? And you can not do it by about at least seven different ways. The cheapest is just to reduce or eliminate. There are lots of things that people tell us that we should do that we don't need to do. You know, at work, in life, you don't need to do it, or you can do less of it. Um, the second two options after reduce and eliminate is outsource or delegate. Outsource, pay somebody else to do it. Yeah. Delegate, <laughs> ask somebody else to do it. You know, um, automate or regulate. Automate, it's like bill pay. Is there an app for that? Is there an easy button somewhere mm, for that? Can okay. I create one if there isn't? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Regulate is just like less frequently. So if you have one-on-ones at work or whatever, do you have to have them every week? Maybe you only need to have them every other week, you know, maybe once a quarter. And then the final one is innovate. And this all fits under the brother of what I call lazy intelligence. Like what's the laziest, smartest way for me to accomplish what I most want to accomplish in my life, which for me is happiness, so it's the laziest, smartest way to get more with less. Right. Pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Never yeah. even looked at it that yeah. way. It's, and it sounds like a lot of words, yeah. but the idea is real simple. Like, how can you be a little or a lot lazier but smarter so that you can get what you want faster with less pain and time and energy and money? Okay. okay? So one way to do that is just identify your happiness islands. What activities do you love for their own sake? Not of what they get you but because of how much you enjoy them for their own sake maybe you'd even pay somebody else to let you participate in those activities we call those happiness islands um they're intrinsically rewarding you want to schedule more of those into your life then you identify your happiness deserts those are activities that you don't enjoy for this for their own sake you only enjoy for what they get you they're extrinsically rewarding you want to try to reverse engineer those out of your life can you give us some examples to anyone, like, yeah. so, so the people who are kind of watching, because maybe they're like, I hear what you're saying, yeah. but what does this mean in my life? Yes. So just, some examples that you can kind of... For, for sure. So um, I can like 
do what, one thing well. What's the happiness one, island? One thing well. yeah. yeah. I, I love having these kind of conversations. Like, I get hype off them. This is dope for me. I'm like, I'm living right now, you know? And very there are very few other things that I love like this. I especially don't like marketing and advertising and accounting and logistics. I don't want to do any of it. Administration, I don't want to do any of it, man. I don't want to do any of it, okay? And so, for me, having conversations like this is a happiness island. Everything else that supports this conversation, like the marketing and the advertising and the accounting for my bit, all that, I hate it. Right. right so right, I right. want to outsource, delegate, reduce, eliminate, all automate, regulate. Lazy intelligence. Lazy yeah. intelligence. Yeah. That's a good example. So you can't always do that with everything. Sometimes sure, you don't have the time or yeah. energy or resources to outsource, delegate, and do the rest of it. Um, so you just have to grit and bear it. But in those cases, we can go deeper about how you can still find a way to if, at least, if not enjoy it, at least accept it and not increase your pain or make your pain more painful while you do Ooh, it. Oh, this is important. You, you got that? Sense? Say that again. Yeah. So yeah. So <laughs> some things you still have to do. Yeah, of course. Taxes. Yeah. Yeah. You. So yeah. If you can't delegate, regulate, or any other eight. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. You still gotta do it, <laughs> yeah, right? You can't eat it. How yeah. can we enjoy doing it? That's right. How can or find yes. some right. sort? And of. if you can't, and, and worst case, if you can't enjoy it, can you at least not make your pain more painful while you're doing it? Like the okay. pain that we experience when we're doing most things. Yeah. There's some physical pain sometimes. You know, you're working out, whatever. It's not that, but a lot of most of the pain is suffering that we experience is psychological and emotional. Yeah. And it mostly comes from obsessive compulsive thinking, right? Yeah. So we're washing the dishes or we're sweeping the floor or we're doing the laundry. It, actually, those are pretty enjoyable activities if you're not thinking or overthinking it. Yeah. You, like, you like doing all that stuff? Like laundry and stuff like that? No. I don't like, <laughs> I don't, I don't like folding laundry. I hate that. I hate it, yeah. right? Exactly. So, so there's some things that we just don't tend to enjoy. But if we notice and look real closely, we'll discover that a lot of the reason we don't enjoy it is because we're in our head and not in our body when we're doing it. So in Zen, there's an expression. Um, it's only painful to do the dishes when you're not doing the dishes. In other words, when your mind is somewhere else other than the present moment. You're thinking about, or, this activity sucks. I hate folding these clothes. I also have 29,000 other things to do today. Mm. Uh, my brother, my girlfriend, my whoever just had this argument with me. Like, you're everywhere else. You're lost in thought. And, and, and most of that thought is judgmental, and it's miserable, and it's unhappy. Yeah. And so one way of talking about happiness, happiness is just the absence of unwanted, unwanted thought. So unhappiness is unhappy thinking. Happiness, to a large extent, is either happy thinking or no thinking at all. Okay. okay? So w anytime you do anything, try to unitask. We try to do one thing at a time. Remembering that thinking counts as one thing. So if you're walking, just walk. Don't need to think. If you're showering, just shower. Don't need to think. If you're eating, just eat. Don't need to think. Should if you're you, thinking, just think. But now Don't also eat. Should you... Th oh, so so if I'm eating, what should I not think of what Don't I'm eating? Don't need to think. What are you thinking? Are you just eating that thinking? Right. So the, so the idea is... And this... I used to hear things like this. Like, when I was younger, it would drive me nuts. So I, so I'm, I find it a little ironic that I'd be having this conversation with y'all. But like literally, I remember thinking like, this is crazy. Like you can't just stop, think. And I'm like, after a while, because I was driving myself insane with my own thoughts over many years, despite what I would achieve, accomplish, or acquire, I was like, I'm going to have to try to quiet my mind again, like these people are saying. And then I realized, oh, wait, not only can you do it, but you do it all the time and you just don't notice it when you do it. In any case, when you practice it, 
intentionally and deliberately, you get better at it. Mm. And then before long, you start to discover how much better everything is than you thought it was, literally. So when you're eating and you just eat and you're not thinking, that, yeah. so much better, man. <laughs> so it's much better. A, yeah, it's almost just like letting go of any of everything. Of everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And just being in the moment, being present. That's all mm. it is. It's just being fully present and remembering that present means keeping your mind where your body is. That's the first step. So sometimes the easiest place to start is when you're doing the laundry, just remind yourself, I'm doing the laundry. Not, not like the story around the laundry. This sucks. I hate this. I should be doing something else. It's taking forever. Just, I'm doing the laundry. Then you might go a little further, and, and then instead of having to repeat that to yourself or remind yourself of that, you just put more of your focus on your five physical senses and less on what you're thinking. So you feel the laundry. You smell the laundry. Mm -hmm. Like, it's warm. Yeah. Warm. Smells good. Yeah. You just do that. And then after a period of time, you'll notice that if you practice really anything for 22 to 66, 66 days, you rewire your brain to do it automatically. Okay. So, so I guess it just takes a few weeks for you to just kind of, because it's not something we're used to doing. So you have to kind of force yourself at first. And Absolutely. After a while. Yeah. We're cool. all almost always multitasking. Yeah. True. And that's problematic because it means that we're never here to enjoy what we're doing. So we always feel like we need more of it. So that's, that's why people have addictions. Sometimes you have addiction. Yes, there's a you know, physiological and biological response, of course, you know, addictive chemicals. But that being said, some, some of us have addictions to things that are other than drugs and alcohol. I, for one, had an addiction to thinking and overthinking mm -hmm. about everything. We have an addiction to multitasking. You know, a lot of those addictions underneath it, they're almost all addictions to thinking and overthinking about everything. I mean, for me, one thing that I try to look forward to, I don't know if this is right or wrong, but it's the benefit of the action I don't want to do. And I'll give you an example. The other night, um, my girlfriend and I, so we had done the laundry, whatever, and it was like 8 o'clock at night. Like, it had just been sitting. It was dry already, but sitting in the hamper. And I had just got home from work. And she's like, oh, my God. Now we have to go fold all these things. Can we just do it tomorrow? And I'm like... You know what I want to do more than to fold clothes right now? Is to sleep in a bed with clean sheets that we have to put out. Knowing that we put all the clothes away and we don't have to worry about this tomorrow. And she's like, damn, that sounds good. I'm like, yeah. So you see, like, <laughs> we're folding clothes. Folding clothes sucks. But, man, just fold clothes. Yeah. You know, it's got to get done. Whether it's today, whether it's tomorrow, yeah, yeah. they got to get yes. folded. That's but true. I know that if I fold them today, I get to sleep on that nice, clean, comfy bed with all the sheets, and I'm a happy camper. This is a great example of the difference between extrinsic motivation and intrinsic motivation. Okay, And it's one way I talk about it sometimes is the difference between running on dirty energy and clean energy. And there's nothing wrong. That's not a judgment. Right. But generally what happens is, and that's a good example of extrinsic motivation. So... And I love it because it works for you. So if it works for you, stick to it. Okay, sure. okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, Michael Jordan loved the game of basketball. Also, he was often extrinsically motivated to just completely annihilate someone on the basketball yeah. court. Oh, my God. It made him yeah, extraordinarily yeah. – I mean, he was extraordinarily talented. made him extraordinarily successful. Um, that being said, um, had he not had a love for the game, he wouldn't nearly be as great a player as he was, right? Sure, sure, sure. So the idea is, yes, sometimes, in fact, we all use – extrinsically rewarding things like the money that this job will make, 
the fact that we can sleep in a very comfortable, clean bed sure. as motivation to do something that we otherwise don't do. Mm. For sure, use that motivation. But it is a little dirty energy. Really? Yes. Cleaner energy that, run, that burns much more efficiently and much more enjoyably is intrinsic motivation. So it's like, I like, so right now, so I enjoy, I'm going to simply enjoy the act of moving my body without having to think a whole lot. I'm going to enjoy simply putting the sheets on the thing. I'm going to enjoy connecting with my girlfriend or even something different. Like I'm going to put on some music while I do this thing. Oh, Whatever it is that, yeah, whatever it is that allows you to let go of the story of how painful this thing is. Look. So you can simply do the thing in a mental or in an attitude of acceptance at the very least and enjoyment or enthusiasm, best case scenario. <laughs> That's going to make you not only, of course, enjoy your whole life a lot more, but it's also going to make you much better at doing what you're doing. Okay. Right? So, so it's like turning um, it's something like as annoying to, yeah. the, to most as folding laundry into something that is actually that you get to do. Enjoyable. It, enjoyable. Yes. So you, you, you switch the narrative around That's it, right. right? That's right. Exactly. So one, way to, one simple way to do it is just focus on the best feeling aspects of everything and everybody as often as you can, especially when you're doing something you hate. This is why I don't like running. When I was a kid, my dad made me run. Like He was like, you have to run. You have to run cross country. I'm like, I don't want to. I like basketball, I like football, I like baseball. You have to run cross country. And in his wisdom, he was right because I learned so much about all of this through cross country because I hated it. I hated running. But then I realized if I play music, wow, it's way better. Okay. If I run somewhere in nature, it was better than running the treadmill for me. For sure. Um, if there were any attractive women around anywhere, I was better. You know what I mean? I was like, all of a sudden, it's not that painful. I can do this, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, little things like that would help a lot because it would distract me from not only physical pain, but the, but the psychological pain of this story in my head that kept saying, you've got two and a half more miles to go or 10 more miles to go or this sucks. What are you doing? You're going to, like, this is going to kill you. Like, all that nonsense and mental chatter that makes our lives so painful, I was able to let go of. Now I can run without, you know, the music. I don't need to have people around. I can, I don't, I can run a trail if I have to because I'm able to quiet my mind around it. Doesn't mean that it's necessarily or always a whole lot physically um, less painful. Yeah. Um, but it is psychologically and emotionally less painful. And studies have found that it is even physically less painful. So they've done these studies with like monks, and they've said, "Hey, meditate," and the monks put their, you know, ah, yeah, arms in ice cold yeah, water. Yeah, right? They, they could do it. Yeah, they do yeah. it. It's like for them, and and they have a way to measure how much pain they're in and they don't register as much pain as someone who doesn't meditate. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Wait, how, how is this? Yeah. Be- wait. you never seen it? Or where they like kick through like concrete? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, or like know? they'll sit on a bed of nails or lay on yeah, some nails. Yeah, yeah. Or some- walk on, on hot coals. Be- and because <laughs> so much of physical pain is perceptual. It's perceptual. And a lot of it is, and it's all filter. Well, first of all, it's all brain. You know, pain is really in your brain. Sure, of course. Yeah. Right? And so much of what we do that's already painful, we make more painful by just getting caught up in all our thoughts about it, all our stories and judgments about like how painful it is. So when you focus on something, on how painful something is, and you tell stories about it, it only makes it more painful, like literally, physically. Man, yesterday I was doing box jumps at the gym, and I totally <laughs> I fucked up. Know, you yeah. saw my story? Um, I, I banged up both my shins. They're hurting right now as we speak, <laughs> man. And the moment that it happened... Man, so I got on the ground. Um, Andre was there. He was there. He's like, you all right? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I laid down. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, yeah. like just yelling at, at the top of my lungs. And it got to the point that I almost passed out. Because I was just like, and, and I told him, man, I got really lightheaded. And he goes, for sure. Like, that hurts like a mother effer. Right? And at that moment when it happened, I was trying to find a place of just like, yeah. this pain isn't here. And even if it is here, it's not forever. We're going to be fine. We're going to push through. The pain was there. <laughs> but eventually, you know, I overcame. But it's, I, I guess in that moment, I was also trying to look for some way of, like, eliminating you that know, thought. Well, you just nailed it. Another way to talk about this is resistance. When you resist the pain, you increase it. When you fight it, you increase it. So, and you, you invite more of it. So, you've heard these expressions before. What you fight and you inv- invite. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've seen this with yeah. bullies and stuff. Like, yeah, of course, if you knock the bully out, I have to deal with him. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but if every day you're fighting with him, arguing with him, or anybody in your life, you tend to invite more of that, right? When you stop resisting so much and stop fighting, that doesn't mean being a doormat. It doesn't mean you know being in an abusive relationship or anything like that. But you'll find that you invite less of the fight. You invite less of the pain. And so there's a key that you just identified there, which is like there's so much power in non-resistance and non-defensiveness, essentially not making up stories or focusing on the worst of what's happening in the moment. When you're in pain, it's, it often does what it does, does uh, did to you, which is force you into presence. It forces you into it. You're not. It's not that you're Ooh. not feel, you're feeling it intensely, but if you weren't so present and you were, you know, were more distracted or focused on like, what does this mean? Is it going to last forever? Am I ever going to be work out again? You're going <laughs> to be able walk. to walk again. Exponentially, yeah. <laughs> I know. Right? Yeah. Man, that's nuts. What about you, man? You haven't had any situations where you're like hating life, like like physical pain, like anything? This? Yeah. Um, like, I mean, of course. What have yeah. you done to overcome things that you're kind of like tied up on? Dude, I had like, I, I feel like I've had like the worst in talking, I guess this goes really well to the, the, the concept of the podcast relationships where it's like, I had like the worst breakup. I felt like life was over. And so there's no physical pain, right? No one, you don't bust up your chins or you don't, you know, get punched in the face or whatever. But at the moment it feels like, yo, there is no, there's no after. You know, there's nothing else that matters except good point. that that emotional trauma that you sustain. And people are like, oh, it's emotional trauma. You get through it. But at the, at, at the, at the, at the moment, it does feel, feel so, so painful. And funny enough, there's actually been studies done where they've had people who just got out of a relationship. They've done a scan of their, their, their brain, and they would show them pictures of their ex-partner. And the pain, the, the, the receptors in their brain would flare up the same <sighs> ones as if they would sustain physical yes. pain. So they were saying that it's not like a heartbreak. It's not physical. But there is some emotional oh, totally. response to it where your brain, your body tells you, yo, this it's is... It's still receiving it as still pain. Still receiving it as pain, rather, not physical, but it, 
but an emotional it's pain. It's interpreting it the same. Yeah, I love you same. sharing that study. Yeah, that, because I was going to share something similar. I hadn't heard that one, um, and that resonates deeply. But people that experience a lot of loneliness, for instance, mm -hmm. they found that if they take like a pain reliever, that's usually for a headache or something like that, it helps to reduce, if not eliminate, the loneliness for a period of time, just like it would a headache. Oh, right? Really? Yeah, because it's really not mind and body. It's mind-body. The mind and body are essentially one, right? So what affects the body can affect the mind, but what affects the mind definitely affects the body. Yeah. I mean, there was a period of time for years that I had really severe physical symptoms that I thought were purely physical in origin. You know, um, I had all these endoscopies and colonoscopies done. I went to a neurologist because I was having shooting pains everywhere. And then finally came around to this one doctor and... I won't get into all of it, but he had a conversation with me. Didn't really ask me too much about my symptoms. I'd already described them over the phone. And he looked at me and he simply said, son, you don't have any real physical problem here. You're just stressed out. You just need to relax. And as a real, I made some changes in my life. And then I was convinced he was wrong, though. I was like, nah, there's something seriously going on here. I'm, my stress isn't that high. So anyway, I made some changes. I don't know, a month and a half later, all the symptoms went away. And this was after years and years and years. Didn't change anything. Other than, yeah, yeah, just, I'll, yeah, exactly. Simply made, I broke up, you know, left the relationship, moved to a different city, really got back to the practices that, you know, I used before to relax, things uh, like yourself that. yourself again. Yeah. 100%. So, yeah, I mean, the mind and body are obviously deeply connected. So in tune. So yeah. in tune. It's so important. Yeah. Um, and, f and then funny enough, it also goes to what you were saying, and it's like, in order to come overcome that, that heartbreak, that trauma, just about that. the one you were saying, it's like, for me, the biggest thing is embracing it, which is also what you're saying. Like instead of running away from it, accepting it, it feeling it, feeling it, and crying and letting it, embracing it all, laying it all out. And a lot of people try to hide from it or try to suppress it. And in my experience, that just prolongs the whole experience. So for me, it's like taking it all in, realizing this is just you're in the moment. This is not the end of the road, and this could be harder than for somebody who's from the outside. But when you're going through it, it's hard. But it's it's all like in your mind, and you have to embrace it for what it is. But also I had a great support system. I had Chris, you know, at the time who was vital, emotional crutch for me, which is also you said having a good surrounding. So it's it is a collective um, uh, support system that I've had that kind of helped me through it. But it was just like trying to self improve, trying to keep busy, embracing it, and, and accepting it for what it was. And it it was a huge catalyst for self improvement, right? And so I took a really really bad situation. And I turned it into something really, really great where the writing, the, 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 the podcast, and it took something that was devastating and I turned it into essentially this, you know? So it just turned out to be an incredible experience and it, that I wouldn't trade for, for the world. Oh, that's so inspiring to me, man. So, I mean, this is, one of, this is one of the many countless reasons that I really genuinely appreciate and love both of you so much. Appreciate it. One, like, just to be that transparent and yeah. confident and vulnerable. Second of all, it's so inspiring. Like what you did. Third of all, the wisdom and all that, like the wisdom in that, like yeah. you, it took me so long to truly appreciate the importance of not repressing feelings, but also not indulging in them, but just simply True. feeling them. Yeah. Like just feeling your feelings. Yeah. Like just that. Um, and feeling them without feeding them or fueling them. Oh. Right. Most of us think about our feelings and then we say we're feeling our feelings. We're not. So we're just thinking about it. We're intellectualizing it. Like, oh yeah, I feel this and I feel that. And we talk about it a lot. But it's like, no, what does it feel like though? Like where in your body do you feel what you're telling me you feel? Go there. And, you know, you got to take it. You got to be brave about it. Just like, what's it feel like? Just be in the sensations that you're having in your body. 
around that feeling. Where's it at? What's it feel like? What's the color? If there was a texture, if there was a temperature. And when thoughts come up that say, oh, this is really bad, or I should try to escape it, you just dismiss or ignore the thoughts for a while. Just stay with the feeling. Like, just you doing that, like saying that. And the other thing you said, which is just so profound, too, which is like the power and significance of social support. Yeah. Like You've said it in, in some yeah. of your videos and stuff, and that's it. So. It's great. Like, that. there's so much wisdom in that. I'm, I'm really impressed and inspired by that. Man. I appreciate you saying Yeah, that. people think uh, you, you you can't do it all alone. You can't go through life thinking I'm the only person and, and, and I'll come out, especially if you want to have that finding that happiness having being emotional uh, stable enough you know so you need people around you you need good people around you True. you know it doesn't have to be a whole a dozen one two three good people it'll change your life you know and i'm so very grateful for christian and for all the other people that i have in my life and and so they were there they were vital uh, especially during that hard time so so important also um backed by science um probably the long one of the longest studies ever conducted uh, was conducted by a guy named George Valiant, and uh, he's since passed away. But that study was um, conducted with like Harvard, uh, mostly male students, and over the course of their lives. And he basically found that the one one of the greatest predictors for happiness over the course of your lifetime is the quality um, of your social support, like your social connections. So the more significant, meaningful your social connections, doesn't have to be romantic, obviously, um, the much more likely you are to be happy in your life, right? Um, and, and they support each other too, by the way. So the happier you are, the more social mm. connected you will tend to be, but the more mm. socially connected you tend to feel and be, the more the happier you are. It's what we call a virtuous cycle and circle. Yeah. There's a lot of those, by the way, in positive psychology where it's like kindness and happiness is another one. So happy people tend to be kinder. way kind. kinder yeah. and more charitable oh, and more happy, generous yeah. than unhappy people by far. Yeah. But also when you're happy and you, do, and you are kind and you know, you're generous with people, it makes you happier. So it's a virtuous mm -hmm. circle. Because yeah. it, it yeah. only makes you happier. To be, well, it's kind of like what Dr. Hasty says. So this weekend we've had uh, Dr. Hasty on. He's a psychologist, relationship coach, professor, man of many hats like yeah. yourself. <laughs> and, um, and he kind of goes off on that, how essentially what love is, if we speak about the, not even for a relationship, this applies to all relationships, Everything. right? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it comes to love, love is not a feeling. Love is who you are. Are. So in this case, say my love for Marvin will be no different than the love I have for my girlfriend, Christina, nor would it be different from the love I have for you because I identify as love. Right. Mm. So I'm coming into this relationship as love. So no matter what you do to me, if I'm love, if I'm happy, almost if we can call it the same. There is nothing you can do. I'm a happy person. Oh. Will I go through maybe a little bit of heartbreak? Would it hurt if you do something to me? Sure. But that's not going to change who I am being happy to being love. And I think that that's what it translates because it's not like you're looking for the condition of receiving their love. It's the fact that you personify, right? Love and you are love. No matter what actions you take on me will not change the fact that I'm still love to you. you preaching right now. You and, preaching right and, now, and brother. And whatever what? you do will not change how he feels about you because he is love. Oh. It, doesn't, it doesn't matter what you do or what you don't do. So, Come from and him. and to finalize, um, the love because it's it's still the same. What's only different is the role and the relationship of that love. So obviously, I ain't gonna you know do what I do with you, what I do with Christina. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, I hope you're cool. Uh, <laughs> uh, <I> mean. <laughs> but, but yeah, that's yeah. kind of like the the kind of how it is. At the end of the day, you know, 
the relationship is different. So obviously I share the same love as a person that I am with her, but obviously what I do with her is very different than what I would do with of you. Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hope you're cool yeah, with yeah, that. Yeah. You know, I still love you. Uh, I but you. that's kind of what, what, what it kind of comes down to. It's just like being love. And I think that also applies to what you're saying. Uh, um, so much so that I wrote a book called Love From The Inside Out that is like an expression of what you just said literally. So it's, that was fascinating that and you Dr. shared. I'm like, so proud of us, dude. Yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah, I was like you should... I think you may have written it actually, because I'm like, he just said it better than I could have said it. Like, literally, that's that's wow, I love that. I would say that, yes, like I often used to think of happiness and love as like two different energies, but I think it's the same energy expressed in two different ways. When you're happy, you're mostly focused on what you love. When you feel love or all love, you're focused on what makes you happy, right? And so it's not two different coins, it's one coin, two different sides of that same coin. It's one phenomenon expressed in two different ways, two perceptions of the same energy. And to your point, with both of them, happiness and love isn't what you do, although I encourage people to do happy and loving things. It's not what it's not who you spend time with, although I encourage people to spend time with happy and loving people. It's not what you think, although I encourage people to have happy and loving thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's what you are. It's what you are at your very core, your very essence. And you know that. Because when you're sleeping, for instance, and you're in a dreamless, like a dreamless uh, state of sleep, um, it's such a pleasant, blissful experience. Like without doing anything, saying anything in relationship with anyone, you are just content. <laughs> you're blissed out, totally blissed <laughs> out. And that bliss, that happiness, when shared with others, is what I call love. When you share it, when you share who you are, what you are with others, you do, and you do it. Oh, you do it like a rain cloud does. Like a rain cloud, like a rain cloud. A rain cloud just gathers up all this moisture, right? All, all this moisture doesn't do it for any other reason except that that's what a rain cloud does. And it becomes so full that at some point it has to let go or release or shower down that rain on everybody else on the planet, on all living creatures. And it does it indiscriminately, unconditionally. Mm, it's not addressed yeah. to anyone in particular without an expectation of reciprocity, no expectation of reward, just be for the joy and the pleasure of it alone. <laughs> it's just yeah. dope to do. Yeah. <laughs> that is love, right? When you're just being your essentially and naturally happy self and you're enjoying people or enjoying life, you can't help but be loving and feel lovable mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to everyone. Yeah, That's why when you're in bad mood, you're so unloving and unlovable. Nobody wants to spend time with you. Yeah. You don't want to spend time with anybody else. When you're in a great mood, you can't help it. You're like, man, he's great and he's great. And she's awesome. And like, everybody's great. And they all feel that way about you. So yes, you nailed it. I love what, um, was it Dr. Hastings said? Dr. Hastings, Dr. Hastings. Yeah, yeah. yes. And what you just shared there, that is absolutely how I feel inside and out. Like I love people because I'm selfish and I love feeling good. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know well, what I mean? It yeah. works for you. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think that ultimately if we all look at it closely, we'll say like you love Christina and she loves you because it feels good for you when you love her. Of course it benefits her, but she also. Right. But mm -hmm. I get a kick out of knowing that yeah. I can, I, I, I'm like, I'm with her and I yeah. give her the love and, and I'm, I'm enjoying doing things for her just yeah. because I, I love her, you know? Yeah, sure. So she's benefiting off of that. Of course. Yeah. But so am I. Yes. So am I. Right, it, is what you're and, saying. And that, yeah, exactly. That's why um, it's like, I think Anne Rand talks about in The Virtue of Selfishness a little bit. Um, this book, one of her books is called The Virtue of Selfishness. And she talks about how hmm, everything we do ultimately 
benefits us first and foremost or harms us first and foremost. So if you're mean, mean to someone, you felt the anger first, and so you suffered first. Oh, that's right? very true. When you're nice to somebody, you got to feel the good feelings of being nice first, even yeah. before they received it. Even if they don't receive it, you still benefit. And so that's why also you get expressions like, we're all one. And what you do to anyone, you do to yourself. It's literally true. In order to do it to someone else, you had to experience it inside you first before you could even be loving or before you could even be unkind or mean. So anyway, all this to say, I love what you shared earlier. and I couldn't Damn. Because you know what? Because I'm kind of using like a real world scenario. So I'm just thinking like, for example, say like I'm there working and someone just wants to be a dick to me. Yeah. Right. They just want to be assholes to me for no fucking reason. I don't hear going off on a rant because I'm I'm trying to make y'all feel it. You're just being (laughs) dicks and you're like, bro, what the hell is your problem? Man, it's their problem, though. It's not yours. Mm, So you can't let their mood, their their feelings in that situation really like upset you. Because at the end of the day, hey, if you're upset, you're upset. Don't make me upset. Like, yeah. there's no way that I'm going to be upset because I, I just know that you're, you're having a bad mood. Oof. And now it's tying more into whenever someone does something to you that maybe they don't like or they, or they didn't want to do or maybe something that's just wrong, I'm now looking not as, as a lens of something's going on with them. You know? Like, let me not take it at face value. That guy must have, he just has a bad day. So a quick break to talk about our sponsorships. AG1, we just got a, a partnership with them, and it's been amazing. Uh, how has it been going for you? Man, AG1 is awesome. I've been taking it for a little bit over a month now. We both have. And first thing in the morning, it's super quick to take. It's it's kind of all-in-one package. Uh, you, it's a powder form. It makes it water nice and cold, good, good tasting, and uh, it gives you everything you need. helps you with energy, helps you with, with your gut, health, and immune system. I mean, overall, it's a great product. Yeah, my favorite thing is I, I take it in the morning as soon as I wake up. That way, on my way to the gym, um, I'm already getting the the fuel that I need. And one yeah. thing that I really like about it is that it doesn't upset my stomach as it would if I'm taking a whole laundry list of vitamins. Yeah. So it really starts my day with literally everything that I need to, to get right. And what I like about it is that as soon as I take it in the morning, it's almost like a mental check for me to say, you know what, I'm doing something for me. Because I know that, I mean, if you think about it, you wake up in the morning, you go you just go straight to work, you don't really eat anything. So it's like you don't have anything in your system. At least with this, you know that the first thing that you do every single day is that you're taking care of yourself. It's a full replacement of all these other vitamins and minerals and everything that you could be buying individually that's going to cost you an arm and a leg. So for literally one price, you're literally getting a full array of nutrition in a pack, in a scoop, whatever you want to do. And fortunately for us, we do have the sponsorship that with AG1, It not only are you getting like the whole, the whole subscription yep. of it, but we're also including five travel packs as well as a year's supply worth of the vitamin D. For sure. So and that's the, pretty awesome. Yeah, the vitamin D or the drops. So you can just take one or two or three or four drops depending how much uh, you want to take. And you just, in the morning too, super quick. And what I love about the fact is there's not a bunch of pills that you have to take, which is what you were exactly. saying earlier. It's just like one scoop, a couple of drops, and that's it. Ready to go. Yeah, and, and I've also noticed that just throughout the day, I just, I I don't know if it's a, like in my head that I'm taking it or, or if it's the fact that it's actually working, but I want to believe that it is because I feel amazing when I'm doing it. I feel more efficient. I feel like my stomach is also responding better to things when I eat. Mm, yeah. um, my energy levels are also better. And again, it just, it really sets the tone for the rest of the day when I take this. So fortunately for us with this partnership, um, if you want to take ownership of your health, you know, try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Um, in order to do so, go to drinkag1.com slash the coffee breakup. Again, that's drinkag1.com slash the coffee breakup. Check it out. 
You know, why am I going to now stress myself out over what he said when he may not even have met it? He's probably just going through something. He feels bad. And the fact that he's even saying it is because something's going on with him. He's already going through his own problems. Definitely. You know, mm -hmm. so why am I now going to like want to add into it or fight with him? I mean, every now and then, you know, you kind of let it get the sure. best of you. But I think approaching it that way almost as they already got their own situation. I'm not going to let that affect me, nor am I going to even feed Ooh. into that. I'm going to let them reflect. Oh, I, I, I think that's a very mature way of handling it and way very wise. I am not. I try to be like that. But I'm not there yet. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I'm trying. I'm trying because I'm the nicest guy. But then you if you're a dick, then I can be a, a bigger sure. dick. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And yeah. so then, if you know, like I work at a restaurant, so I work with people all the time and some people are really good in a good mood. And then that feeds off for me. So I'm like, where are you guys from? Blah, 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 blah. Those are bang. And then there's some people who are super rude. And it goes to what you were saying. I don't know their story. Maybe they had a delay. Maybe they lost their bag. Maybe, uh, you know, their parents, you know, something happened to their parents. Or, you know, you don't know anybody's mm -hmm. story. So for me, it's like I am trying to to be at that level oh, I love of that. like, but, let me just. You're like, saying something so popular. Oh, man, this is such a rich conversation. Like, love it. I love I it. I just have to highlight a few things you all both said. <laughs> it's, just, it's profound to me. Like, love what you said, Christian, there, which is that if you're upset, it's your problem. If I'm upset that you're upset, now I've made it my problem. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's like, so true. Like, that's the first thing. And if you have the power to make me upset, that makes me a servant to you. You know, like you're my master. I don't, you know, I'm not cool with that. I'm, yeah. I don't want, um, so that's the first thing. I, I don't want anybody to be my puppet master, like to pull my puppet. Yeah, now, that's true. Um, the other thing you said, which is powerful, is haters ain't happy and happy people aren't haters. You know, um, that is something I've discovered when I was really unhappy. And I was like, man, why am I hating on this person? Or why am I judging that person? It's like, because I'm not happy. And the beautiful thing about people who are unkind or mean or haters who essentially are unhappy is that you don't have to tell them to go to hell because they live there. <laughs> you know, see, <laughs> they just live there yeah. all day, every day, especially if that's their consistent, you know, behavior. Right. The they live there all day. You don't have to tell them yeah. to go to hell. They already know that's where they live. They're, they're comfortable there. You know, um, <laughs> the other thing that you said, oh, gosh, man, Marvin, I just loved it. The best, the best fighters are never angry. Like, that doesn't mean they don't have moments of anger. It means that they can still snap back and they can still slap your hand yeah. if you've got it somewhere it shouldn't be placed. Yeah. And that doesn't mean, again, like you won't get upset. There's a story, there's a spiritual story about the snake and I'll try to keep it short, but there's a snake and um, the snake is just wandering its way through the you know, forest and whatnot. And there's a spiritual teacher there, like a meditation teacher and stuff like that. And one day the snake and the spiritual teacher kind of run into each other. And the snake is all bloody and everything. Or no, no, what happens first is the snake is like hissing at people, you know, and uh, comes to the meditation teacher and says, hey, I'm just really not happy. You know, nobody really wants to hang out with me. And the spiritual teacher's like, well, why? He's like, well, because I hiss at people. Sometimes I bite them. He said, you got to stop that. You know, you need to meditate. You got to chill out, quiet your mind. So the snake is like, yeah, okay, cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to listen. I'm going to try to follow your path of meditation. So he does it. About a week goes by. Um, meditation teacher, spiritual teacher, and the snake run into each other again. This time, the snake's bloody, all beat up. And the spiritual teacher's like, yo, what happened? Why are you all bloody? Like, he's like, you know, I've been following your practices. I meditate. I don't talk back. I don't snap at anyone. I don't, I don't hiss at anybody. I don't bite anybody anymore. And the spiritual teacher said, look, I didn't say you can't hiss and scare people. And occasionally, you might have to bite somebody to keep them up yeah. off you. But on the inside, can you at least try to maintain some degree of calm and coolness, mm -hmm. right? So anyway, the point is, that both of you are right. Like some people only understand the language of the ego. And sometimes you have to push back and sometimes you have to you know, defend yourself. Ideally, you would do it in a way that doesn't permanently 
or for very long disturb your inner peace. True, true. You know, you don't take it with you into the next moment with the girlfriend, uh, you know, the husband, whoever. Um, so anyway, I love what both of you are saying because I think there's beautiful in that this, this diversity of perspectives. You know? Perhaps. Yeah. I wanted to ask you because when you were talking about like, oh, like, you know, when I broke it up with my ex and what I felt, whatever. Have you ever had to deal with someone who may have had some sort of trauma? And they're currently struggling finding happiness. Because at this point, it's almost like they're just looking back or kind of reflecting on the moment that's that I guess would remind them of being unhappy. And and, and it could be they're just happy people, but then a moment comes that triggers them to that. Yeah. How does someone like that then navigate through that in order to find happiness in something like that? Yeah. Presence. Presence. Um, the, the more... Presence you can bring to the moments when you're triggered. The more quickly you'll move through that experience and over time dissolve the trigger and the trauma there, right? And sometimes that requires a professional to help you through it. But the idea is when you feel it, just feel it and try not to act from that place. Try not to have the conversation. Usually when we're feeling our worst, we're seduced in then taking action or having conversations, important ones, or making decisions to resolve the trauma within us. That's the temptation is that as soon as someone triggers you, you want to punch them, you know, or you want to hurt yourself, or you want yeah. to take drugs or whatever it is. The challenge and opportunity is to sit with the feelings, the very uncomfortable feelings, and just take it for a while. I'm feeling this right now. I'm not going to project this onto Christian. I'm not going to get into a fight. I'm not going to lean into I'm not going to drink right now. I'm just going to feel this. And when my mind tells me I should go do something else, I'm going to notice it. I'm going to let the thoughts go. I'm going to come back to my body. Like, where do I feel this in my body? And let me just feel it for a while. And then you might return to something like the breath or whatever. So the more presence you can bring to those moments when you're feeling triggered, the better. Now, if you wait to practice that presence only when you're feeling triggered, it's going to be a long, painful journey for you. Really? So you have to practice the presence way in advance of that. It's like if you want to learn to swim. You don't wait until there's a hurricane to try to swim. Learn to swim. Sure. You gotta die. Right, right. <laughs> you know? So you gotta practice swimming in the kiddie pool and then move your way up. You know, for a period of time. And in the in the meantime, you're gonna be triggered sometimes. You know, even during that training period. But you want to practice all day or as much. You know, all day, sort of every day, as much as you can, and do it for the joy of it. If you can do it for the joy of it, you're gonna persist in it. It's, and you're not gonna have to feel like it's such hard work. And you don't have to use so much discipline. But you're also gonna get better faster doing it. So if you can enjoy being present if you enjoy presence more and more especially when it's easy then when it's supposed to be hard it's still going to be easier than it used to be and over time you will dissolve like triggers and trauma. dude it's crazy how much mindset it's all in your mind right I mean, yeah so much so, so much. much of it so much of it because like for me like uh, i'll give you another example because this is how i kind of frame myself on doing things that that maybe i don't want to do um but i'll give you an example so we fasted for three days right and um, I want to start routinely doing it just because of, you know, there's a lot of health benefits, a lot of studies that are behind on that. So, um, and then I would tell people that I'm fasting for three days. They're like, I wouldn't be able to survive after 12 hours. Yeah. Six yeah. hours, I'll die. Yeah, 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 yeah. Every three That's hours. No, you won't. I'm like one hour. Yeah. <laughs> and for me, I mean, it sucks. Not eating for three days, it kind of sucks. I would like to eat. You know, you kind of get into it, your mind, you overcome. Yeah. But during it, like, you'll have your waves of hunger where you're like, dude, want to freaking eat now like, who cares but in my head i'm like 
like that was it was just not an option for me. Like there was no plan B. Like I was just set out on having this goal that I thought, okay, if I need to fast for three hours and this is the goal that I'm going to achieve by fasting for those three hours, why? Like, what do I get out of breaking the fast? Like it just ruined the plan, you know? And so then I start thinking like, well, you know what? There's people who fast for seven days, do a full seven day fast. There's a guy, I think the record holder is like 300 and something days that some guy was fasting, whatever, only having water and I don't know what else. Whatever, dude, lost a lot of weight. <laughs> but you you look at that and it's like, you can't do three days, bro. Yeah. You can't do three days. I'll give you another example. So we're doing animal-based yeah. for January. So for this year, I want to do six different diets, um, each for, for a month total. So I take one month, it's going to be a diet. The next month is just going to be kind of a break. And I'm doing it because I just kind of want to understand what certain foods or certain diets, because you know, the Mediterranean, the paleo, keto, you know what? Like I want to kind of put my body through it itself directly so I can feel. And so right now we're doing the animal based diet. And you know, there's times that maybe like I want to cheat, like I want to get a slice of bread or, you know, I want to eat something I shouldn't, you know, it doesn't fall within the guidelines. But in my head, I'm just like, there's 12 months in the year, right? 12 months. You're going to tell me for one month? One month, bro. You can't just stick to one thing. You have 11 months to do whatever you want. For one, 30 days? That's how I've trained myself. Because I'm just thinking like, one, it can be done by somebody else. Why not me? I'm I'm more powerful than I think. And I think just reframing that mindset of, of just, man, if it's possible, why can't I? And that just allows me to just kind of accomplish anything. So, And it could be about anything, bro. It could be maybe at the gym when I see you do muscle-ups. And it's like, I can't do muscle-ups right now. That doesn't mean I can't. I just got to apply myself to it. But eventually I can. If I try, I just got to do it. And I feel like that mindset of just just saying like, man, if it, it can be done. It has been done. Why not me? Yeah. That is, has allowed me to just kind of almost like endure on situations where I'm like, man, I can't do this. And instead of getting in my head, I'm just like, that's just because I just haven't tried yet. I love and that. that just kind of builds that motivation to me to kind of still push forward. I love that. I like that's why David yeah. Goggins is so you know, popular. Oh, that motherfucker. Dude. Right? Right? <laughs> crazy. I mean, Who's going to carry bro? the boats? Yeah. <laughs> the logs. Who's going to carry the boat? Yeah. You don't know me, son. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That motherfucker is insane. Right? Yeah, he is. Like, I mean, and it's funny because we all have a, a little bit or a lot of him in us. I'd say we all have a lot of him in us. And sometimes we apply it and sometimes we don't. Like my sister, it's like you got like. She does 40-day fast sometimes, 40 days. What the fuck? 40 days. Yeah. You know, she's, I don't know what she weighs, 110 pounds. And, and right, you know what I mean? I'm like, how are you doing 40 days? And I asked her one time, she, and uh, she said, oh, I just pray. I just pray through it. And, like, I'm like, wow. And, and then I thought about it. I'm like, that's so profound. Yes, for sure, prayer. But then, all, and also, she's just putting her mind to better use than thinking about what she's missing out on, what mm. she can't have, what she wishes she has. She's not wasting any energy on any of that. She's just focusing on this one thing that when she focuses on it, gives her peace and gives her yeah. strength. Right. And I, it, it's true because there were moments that I'm just there in my fast and I'll feel a little bit of hunger coming in. And I'm here complaining about three days, 40 days over here. <laughs> um, but I, I just kind of get in the moment. And I'm just like, no, this is supposed to happen. You know, like this is, I'm supposed to be hungry. Or maybe, for example, this happened to me a couple of weeks ago where we, we had done um, some CrossFit workout up north. And one of my buddies, we were running. And it was like the last part of the, the workout. And he's like, man, let's cut here. Let's just cut here. Like, they're not going to care. It's yeah. the end. And I'm like, it's the end of the workout. Like, it's supposed to be hard. <laughs> right, right. You know? It's supposed to be hard. It's supposed to hurt. So he's there, you know, complaining about running. And, 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 and man, I don't have the cardio. I'm gassing out. And I'm like, listen, man. Move your body. Keep moving. Yeah. As long as you continue breathing, 
your body will continue moving. Just focus on breathing, man. Just focus on breathing. It's supposed to be hard. Because then you think, well, man, but I'm, I'm, I'm breathing, but this still sucks. Yeah, but it's supposed to be hard. You know, like it's the end of the workout. You should be tired. This yes. is a good thing. That means we had a good workout. It's in my head, you know? And then I'm there running, and then we ended up finishing, and he, he told me at the end of it, he goes, man, thanks for that push. Because mm -hmm. all he started thinking about was breathe, move your legs. You're not running anymore. You're just breathing and moving your legs. If that translates to running and reaching the end, the, the goal, you got it. But he wasn't thinking about, man, I'm running. It was, I just got to keep breathing and moving my legs. Well, I there. love that. I love that, right? Because you're saying something. two things that are simultaneously profound, which is on one hand, you're right. It's supposed to be hard. On the other, we make it harder than it is. Yeah. Like, right? I mean, the mind gets in there and just tells you all these stories, man. It freaks you out. Like, I remember the first time, you know, I like took a meditation class. Oh man, I thought I was gonna die, dude. <laughs> I meditate. It was just meditate. You just gotta sit there. You had to sit there, and it was probably it was like probably like thirty women. I swear, it felt like they were expert meditators. So I was already a little self conscious. I'm like, man, I'm like the only guy here. You know, I'm gonna like probably embarrass myself. So I sat there, and it wasn't even a couple minutes in, and I just like, oh my god, this is gonna be an hour long. I'm only like maybe two minutes in, three minutes in. I'm like, I can't do this for an hour. Like every you start to. Everything starts to bother you. My knees start to hurt, and my back started to hurt. And then I, could, then, then I was getting obsessed about my breathing. And then, I, and then later, I talked to the teacher about it, and, um, and she said, yeah, the one thing to remember is that um, it's not going to kill you. You're just sitting here. It's not going to kill you. Also, if it kills you, no more problems. <laughs> I was like, okay, fair enough then. I was like, that's pretty gangster for, you know. So, like, yeah. the point is reframing. You said it beautifully, which is that at the end of the day, Happiness and so much of success really is about reframing things in a way that supports what you want to be, do, have, experience, or achieve. How can you reframe it or not think about it in a way that supports you, that's constructive, that helps you be and feel what you want to be and feel? I love that. I mean, uh, having you on is great because especially now where we are in the day and age, 2024, you can watch the news you watch everything that's going on so many young people are worried because of the, the economy buying homes it's so unaffordable people have anxiety they can't find a good job there's no work-life balance we just came out of a, a pandemic that hasn't happened in a hundred years like people just don't know what the fuck is going on so finding happiness being happy is, is is a is a concept that for so many people, young people, is kind of a foreign concept. Oh, you're absolutely right. And We're not so, it. yeah, so I, I'm so glad to have you on and, and shine some light on this and give some insight and it's gonna help people out. You know, I so appreciate you saying that, and uh, I've always been one of those people. Yeah, and I'll just share it real quick quickly. Like, you know, I do the work I do because I was so severely depressed and I was suicidal for years, man, for like 20 years. I still have suicide test marks on my wrist. Um, yeah, because I was so beyond, I was like, nothing can help me, man. Like I can't, first of all, I'm not going to be able to achieve what I want to achieve, whatever it is. Second of all, I don't see the point of even achieving any of it. I see people who have that stuff and they seem miserable too. And I remember getting to a place and saying, forget it. I'm out. Like I have all these problems. I can't solve any of them. Life sucks. Economy sucks. It was like nine, 9,000 things. So I did some research and I was like, I'm going to, and I remember thinking, I don't want it to be a big dramatic thing. Just want to be out. So I went and got a kitchen knife, a steak knife, tightened my wrist, and then I had the strangest experience, man, like without anything changing. I mean, I had a pretty good life. I had the two German cars. I had a consulting job. I hated it. I had a girlfriend, beautiful, wonderful, smart. We didn't get along, but I had a good life overall, healthy. Ugh. Dug this knife in, and without 
anything in my external conditions or circumstances changing. I just felt this like ineffable peace and love and joy that I had never experienced before. And I was like, that's weird. Why am I experiencing this right now at the end of my life? I'm going to take my life. So I postponed the suicide for like 10 minutes. It wasn't very long, man. I was like, I'm not going to even last 10 minutes, but I'm going to start to do a different kind of research real quick here. And I discovered, first of all, how many people were unhappy, depressed, suicidal. Um, and that alone helped. And then after many, many books and different trainings and talking to different people and applying lots of different exercises, I discovered it was so much simpler than I made it out to be. I was making my pain more painful by overthinking things that I couldn't control. And that was the past and the future. <laughs> mm. Almost wow. every moment of my day was in the past or the future. And it was in the economy. It was like, it's like you know, is, is the relationship going to last? Am I going to get sick? If I'm sick, am I going to get healthy again? All that stuff. Yeah. You can't do it. I mean, the best you can ever do about any of it is try to enjoy your presence, your the present, yeah. as deeply and fully as humanly possible, and trust that if you take care of the present, the present will take care of the future. So if if anyone, but first of all, thank you for sharing sure, that because yeah. I know that that's man, that's quite a story. Um, and for you to be able to share that with so much strength, as you know, as of today, I mean, it's a testament of the character and the person that you are. So I want to say, you know, thank you because that's not easy to share. And for anyone else who kind of may be struggling to find that happiness or to get to that happiness, are there any exercises or activities that maybe they can do to kind of kickstart or start the reframing of their mindset? Yeah. Anything. Yeah. I, I, I break it down into like four to five steps. I'll keep it very simple. Um, first, identify your happiness islands. Those are things you like for their own sake. Okay. Um, I call that just Happiness is what you do. Second step, identify people who make you feel happy or make you feel loved. Spend more time with those people, less time with the other people. Okay? <laughs> yeah, very simple, yeah, man. Okay, like very, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. We call that happiness is who you spend time with. The third is happy thoughts. Start betting thoughts, meaning entertaining thoughts and only thinking and focusing on thoughts that support what you want to feel. And start dismissing and ignoring thoughts that do not make you feel what you want to feel. So in other words, if it's a thought that feels good, that's happy, continue to think it's fine. If it doesn't make you feel good, I promise that's not going to end well for you. So dismiss, ignore, or reframe. Okay, that's step three. That's happiness is what you think. But as you continue going down this path, you graduate even beyond that. And you realize that some days you're having pretty positive thoughts, but you still feel, feel unhappy inside or anxious or whatever. So then that's when you get to this whole like happiness is what you don't think. Happiness is what you are. Happiness is what you are. That, e that Happiness is so easy that you experience it even when you're sleeping and you're not doing anything and nobody's around and you forget the world, you forget yourself, you forget your dreams and desires. It's that easy. And so the way to practice that or operationalize it is to practice what I call micromeditation. Super simple. Oh, I was going to ask you about that one. Okay, good. I tried it. Did you try it? Yeah, yeah. I, was, I had to stop. I was driving. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait till look at that cause an accident. I was like, because yeah. like, I was watching the video that you had sent me and you were talking about it. So please elaborate. No, I love that, yeah, bro. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. Really good. Um, it's, it's very simple. It's, it's reminding yourself that, you know, ideally, again, we'll have 100 years left. Um, it's also reminding yourself that not only hopefully will life be long, it's almost always shorter than you think it'll be. And no moment is guaranteed. And this is the only moment we have in our hands. So if we're waiting to live life 
for tomorrow, five minutes from now, next year, we are wasting this precious, priceless, irreplaceable present moment. Mm. And so the idea is, how can I enjoy this moment here and now like it's the last moment of my life? The best way I found to do it is to let all my thoughts go, particularly the ones that are unhappy, breathe in through my nose, breathe from the stomach, and then breathe out of your mouth or out of your nose, either one. And the idea is to try to enjoy that breath, no matter what else you're doing, as deeply as humanly possible, like it's the last breath you'll ever experience. So if you're doing laundry, if you're driving, you don't have to stop what you're doing, but the idea is, can I consciously, intentionally, and deliberately try to juice this one moment for as much joy as I can possibly get out of it? It sounds so small and paltry. It sounds so insignificant. I tell you, like I heard it lots of times before I ever did it. And then once I started practicing it, I discovered that more and more it was like a dimmer switch on like a halogen light. Like you just slowly but surely, you start, it starts, you start turning this dimmer switch every time you practice it. And before you know it, there's this like bright shining light that feels like it's coming from you. It's just joy. It's just happiness. It's just peace. But suddenly it's like this dimmer switch that was always inside you is suddenly brilliantly bright. And you can feel it in a palpable way. And you feel it even when you're going through tough stuff. It's like always in the background. So there's always this sense of feeling, like everything's okay. Everything's okay. Everything's okay. Not a big deal. So that practice for me is one of the greatest practices I've ever discovered. Some people who are spiritual, religious, will replace the breath as their focus with God or life or the universe. They'll just say, I know that I'm one with God. Let me feel into the presence of God within me for its own sake, for joy's sake alone, not trying to get something out of it and let all other thoughts go. Um, the key there, and the last thing I'll say is, don't try to get good at it. That's the sure way to never be good at it and to also never enjoy it. Only try to enjoy it. If you enjoy it, you'll enjoy it. That's the point of it anyway, but you also get yeah. really good at it really fast. Yeah. It's a key to life, really. It's a master key to most of things in life. If you want to become good at something really, you know, really quickly, enjoy it more deeply and forget about getting good at it, and you'll get really good at it really fast, but also enjoy it. Yeah, just because you enjoy doing it. Yeah. It kind of circles back to what you were where like you had talked about like the muscle ups that you can't do it, you know like because I started going to, to this fitness gym that Chris kind of got me into it and so intimidating because everybody is so good. Well, most of them are really really good at what they do. It's like athletes, yeah, you know, yeah, doing like moves that yeah. you like, can't walk in there and just do on their first day. Right, like, you got to yeah. practice, you got to train. Like handstand walks or muscle ups or like pulling, like it's just crazy things that I've <laughs> I was never able to do. And I've been pretty fit most of my life, and so kind of goes to what you were saying, which is like, just enjoy the movement where it's like trying to do the muscle, trying grabbing on it, just trying to go through it. And then eventually you keep doing it, you keep doing it. And then it's like, well, now, now I can get up a little bit higher, get a little, <laughs> little bit higher. Yes. Oh my God, I'm on the top. And you're like, holy shit. I, I've, it's been so, such a long process. I never thought I could get up there. And then you keep doing it, you keep doing it. And now it's like, well, it's, it just flows. It just goes, wow. it just works. You don't even got to think about it. And the same thing with the handstand walk and some other things. And it's just like, you can apply that to the, to the gym. And you can apply this to anything else in life. You just you just do it. Oh, I love that. That's that's why again, I was full circle back to the gym. Yeah. I mean, I think it all, it all connects. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I feel like everything I've ever learned, I could have learned at the gym. You know, <laughs> yeah, or through sports. True. I mean, I think we all have that. Some for some people, it's art. It's like it's all it was all there all along. It was like, you know, with the cross country for me, it was like run your own race. Yeah. Baby steps. Just don't don't worry about three miles. Just left foot, right foot, left. Um, little things like that. Um, do anything you have to to convince yourself you can get to the end of the race. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. Like we used to, 
play these games. I didn't know I was even doing it. That's why that's the beauty and wisdom of kids. You're a kid. Kids do a lot of this stuff naturally. Like, you know, we would play these. I would play this game in my head where I'd sometimes pretend like my legs were bicycle tires, and then I umped it. They were like car tires, and then I was a car. Like silly. But, like, it was so helpful. I was like, I'm going up the hill like a car. Like, uh, you're a kid. Oh. It was really sunny. We thought of it like um, solar power. Like, solar power. We used to play these games. I didn't know. We'd all joke with each other. But it was actually really effective. And we became, like, one of the best cross-country teams in the state because we were playing these mental games that were distracting. It was distracting us from all these miserable, unhappy stories about how long the race was or how yeah. painful it was. I reposted something today, and it was a guy saying that. He's like, oh. One of my buddies, he just ran a, a marathon for the first time with no training whatsoever. And he had asked him, like, yo, how'd, how'd you do this? Like, that was a lot of miles. And he's like, I, I, I never thought about, oh, I need to do all the 5, 10, whatever the miles. Right? That wasn't what I was thinking about. But what I could do was take another step, right? So I was just focusing on taking the next step. I wasn't worried about the eight, nine miles I had to do. I just worried about taking the next step because I could do a next step. One step is easier than nine miles, eight yeah. miles, whatever yeah. the fuck miles it is. But one step, anybody could just take one step. And I guess that was like kind of like the story behind it. It's like, stop overthinking, you know? Or Will Smith said it too. We, we talk about this all the time, about the, the wall. You look at the wall, you're like, man, intimidating. It's like, yo, put the brick down. Yeah. Why are you worrying about right. the wall? Worry about the brick first. That's you know, right. There's nothing even a wall. What, what are you concerned about? Focus on laying the brick one day at a time. I guess in this case, is find the joy. Yeah. Right? Oh, find the joy of laying down the brick. And- no time. Oh, that's so you good. While you're you know, building. Oh, yeah. That's so good. There's a, a quote um, that I'm, I'm editing a book. I'm going to put out what put out soon. And, and one of the quotes that I kind of stumbled upon that I love is, um, you know, a single pearl doesn't make for a pearl necklace. But the single pearls, when strung together, create or make for a pearl necklace. In the same way, we get so caught up in living a happy life that we forget that it's happy moments when strung together that make for a happy life. Mm, like, forget yeah. about happy life. True. I'm just going to be happy this moment. Right. Like, what can I do this right, moment? Right, like, that's right. enough. That's plenty. If I can just deepen my happiness and joy and experience in this moment, then I'll take that with me to the next moment because the next moment will grow out of this moment. Yeah. And so just like you're saying, it's the same thing with anything. Um, a lot of entrepreneurs that I talk to in my private practice, they say something very similar. They're like, I don't know what the hell I was doing building a business. I have no idea. I didn't even have a great plan. But I... Just did what was in front of me. Day one, it was like, I guess I need a website. They created a website, and then somebody said, well, you got to have some services or products to offer. What are you going to do? I said, well, and I just sat down and said, I guess I'll create a service. Create a service. Then they said, well, how are people going to reach you? It's just, they said, you don't have to figure it all out. It's like Martin Luther King Jr. said so beautifully. He said, you don't have to see the whole staircase. You just need to see the next step. And that's what you said so beautifully. Yeah. Amazing, I love that. I Mr. Love that. Robert Max. So I think you want to start yeah. uh, wrap things up before we, we wrap it up. So I did want to kind of bring this over. So we kind of play this game um, with all the guests uh, right at the end. So we designed um, a card game. That was, it's meant more for relationships. However, we've been able to kind of play with it with our friends as well. Some of the questions are a little bit more specific to dating and intimate relationships. But, you know, we do have questions that I think are more towards the core. The whole goal of this game was essentially to ask questions that are meaningful in relationships. So instead of you asking, what's your favorite color? What's your favorite number? Um, I, I don't know. What's your favorite? What kind of shoes you like? Yep. It's none of that stuff. That doesn't really mean anything. So we, we created you know, a set of questions that it allows you to dig a little bit deeper to really understand the person you're with. So we kind of say it as, 
if you start dating someone, these are questions that you should immediately ask to, to kind of vet them uh -huh. as quality people. And if you've been dating someone for a while, these are questions that you should know the answers to by now. If not, you really got to get them in yeah, the, yeah. the game. So that was the idea. So I had kind of pulled... I think two to three questions aside that I was hoping that we can ask you yeah. just to kind of, you know, and, and they're, they're safe. It. It's not going to be anything this. crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that this is going to be fun because it really just allows us to kind of expand the mind of, of, of what we should be asking, what we should be looking for. And I think also the fact that we've been talking about connection and building relationships and kind of the social network that you have, I think this is where you can identify the real quality people within your social network. Yeah. So question number one, I would say, and you can take as, as much time as you need to answer. Question number one. What's the accomplishment you are most proud of? Happiness. It's an inner one. Yeah, my, my greatest accomplishments by far are inner, not outer. Because it took way more dedication and commitment than anything I've achieved on the external level, for sure. Really? Yeah. Yeah, changing my mind has been the hardest thing I've ever done. But you've been able to do that. And then mm -hmm. what, what do you attribute... That too. And what what pushed you to uh, like I guess your own personal experience behind that. Yes. I think we ever asked you. Yeah. It was um for me it was life or death. Happiness was life or death. After I had that suicidal experience, mm. I decided I was gonna either live like blissfully, happily, joyfully ever after, or not live at all. I was like, I still have suicide in my back pocket. I'll still like I can still do actually like use that as an option. So I became very one or single-minded, very focused on sort of that one thing. And I think anytime you're that single-minded about something, you've achieved it already. You've achieved it already. Anything that you're that single-minded. So I didn't have any, there was no other priorities for me. I didn't care about success. I didn't care about what people thought. I was like, I'm suicidal. I need to focus on this one thing or I'm not going to make it. So that kind of single-minded focus on happiness, um, it didn't happen as quickly as I wanted to at the time. But now I look back, and I realized, oh my gosh, it happened. I became so much happier, so much more quickly than so many other people having come from that deep, dark, depressed place because it was life or death for me. Wow. Wow. Amazing. If you don't mind, I'm going to go into the next question. Yeah. Okay. Do you have a children by any chance? I have a son, yeah. You have a son. Amazing. How old is he? He's 10. Nice. Oh, wow. Okay, great. So this question is going to be good. Um, what are some core values you would want to teach your children, your son? Happiness, self-love, faith, and trust. Because I feel like the self-love takes care of the other part, which is like loving other people. Of course. Yeah. Right? That's the yeah. first step. One of the biggest ones, that, yeah. kind of the ones that we talk about. Okay, now I got this last one. Let's see. If you had to change one thing about yourself, what would you pick? Take his own you need. Pressure. We can cut this. Our editor is great. Tough one, bro. <laughs> you know, I'm of two minds. On one hand, they're like, I'd like to change everything. Experience the opposite of this, of, 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 right? Oh, on a, on a, on a, what? Yeah. On the other, that's the sort of very human, rational logic. On the other, I have to admit that there's nothing I really want to change. And the reason is because I'm. Smart enough to know that I'm not very smart. <laughs> and in my life, the things that have often turned out best have been things that I would have never chosen. I would have never chosen. I would have, in fact, I resisted. Yeah. And, and some of the things that didn't turn out so well were things that I actively chose. 
I was like, <laughs> I gotta have it. I gotta have this. Like, please. And then I'm like, oh no, what are they? So I'm I'm not wise enough, um, uh, smart enough, intelligent enough to answer that question in a way that I feel confident will lead me to a better life. I would stick be with exactly the way I am. I think that's kind of like living with no regrets. That's kind you of know? like yeah. That's I mean that's a testimony to having the life that you where you are now. Like I don't want to change anything because mm -hmm. I am where I am because of what happened. Also, what, what didn't happen. Oh, you know, it's, and being appreciative and, and, and having gratitude, which is what we talked about yeah. a star, yeah. you know, and almost like being not content, but having contentment towards what has happened yeah. and who, and what has happened that has made you who you are today. Oh, it's accepting what being has able happened. to look back yeah. and be like, you know what? There's a lot of rights. There's a lot of wrongs, but I learned from them yeah. and I'm accepting them and I'm moving forward with them, not trying to avoid them or resist. It's accepting and yeah. moving on with it. Correct. That's right. You nailed it. Also, the rec this recognition of like the ripple effect, like you sometimes small change one tiny little thing, and now you're in China. You're like, <laughs> I was just sitting in Miami. Like, okay, yeah. like you make peace with that. You can have fun there. It'd be great. But, but, but it's like, mm, I've had such small little things that have had these incredibly positive ripple effects in my life, and I know it can go the other way too. You know, sometimes somebody I have a friend, and um, you know, he uh, had an experience with a drug just once. Changed his whole the whole trajectory of his life, forever. You know, so uh, yeah, I think I'm gonna stick with where I am today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm cool. So. Amazing, yeah, yeah. amazing. Yeah. So that's yeah. awesome. It's time, to it's time to break up. So, Mr. <laughs> thank you so much. You have no idea, man. It was truly an honor. I hope you enjoyed the. I got a good good pick. Highly, highly solid highly, pick. Uh, satisfied with this one. <laughs> <laughs> so amazing. Yeah. So before we wrap up, we always like to end with the final thoughts, and the final thoughts are something very simple. It's something that basically you live by, or maybe something you want to tell to your younger self, something that really moves you, something that you can share with with the people that, you know, the audience that are going to be in the camera. So this is going to be your opportunity. It's anything with final thoughts for you to just kind of relate to the world. And then after that, where they can find you, socials, things like that. We're going to put it down in the description, but just so you can go ahead and sign off so you can get your full. Um, maybe three things. I, first, I'd say happier happiness is easier than you think it is, literally. <laughs> It's so easy that all of nature is perfectly blissful except for human beings. Like only human beings have made a problem out of their own existence. Like the rest of nature experiences accidents and illness and misfortune and loss. They don't suffer it the way human beings do because they don't overthink it yeah. the way human beings do. So that's the first thing. It's easier than you think. It's okay. Um, the second thing I'll say is um, whoever you are, you're better than you realize and recognize. Um, I promise. I have to take my word, word for that. And the final piece is faith and uh, I guess trust. Um, Carl Jung said something beautiful, which was he'd never seen a permanent rest, a permanent healing of anything, financial, physical, psychological, professional, without a restoration of faith. And faith doesn't have to be believing in some superhero in the sky. It doesn't have to be believing in God. It could be believing in the universe or life itself. Albert Einstein says something very similar, which is like the most important question you can ask yourself is, do you believe you live in a friendly universe or not? And the way I think about it is, where are these rotting corpses, right, that are sitting on this on this relatively small rock called planet Earth <laughs> that, right, rotates on its axis, revolves in a very wobbly fashion, by the way, revolves around this super hot star that we call sun, at just the right distance to not burn us up or freeze us, 
done so forever, as far as we know. Um, <laughs> at the same time, that earth hangs on nothing. And whatever it is that allows that to happen, life, the universe, intelligence, infinite intelligence, God, also beats your heart, breathes your lungs, allows your brain to orchestrate it all. Whatever that is, I promise you, it's smarter than you. It's wiser than you. And it's more in control of you and your life than you think or believe that it is. Lean more into that. Like, lean more into trusting and having faith that whatever it is that you want to be or have or experience or enjoy is not only possible, but inevitable. Mm. Um, I think that's a, an important recognition to make that, like, you're not in control. You don't need to be in control. Uh, the best thing you can do is collaborate or cooperate or partner with that, which is control, which also happens to be within you. Mm. It's a lot of words. Such an honor to have you on. Thank you so much, Rob, for, for coming and sharing your wisdom. And I know for a fact it's going to help somebody in the, in the audience, for sure. It helped me, for sure. And I'm sure you can yeah, resonate yeah, with yeah. as well. So. You all so helped me, so I appreciate you having me. I mean this. Like, it's such an honor. Like, I'm oh. convinced I was depressed for a long period of time because I couldn't, I didn't have, I couldn't have conversations like this yeah. with such wise, generous, transparent, dope guys. Yeah. Like, thank you know you. what I mean? Just thank dope you, people. Thank so thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure. You could have had anybody else on today and you had me. So I feel like... Deeply grateful. Of course, of course. Where can people find you? Tell yourself. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. You can find me at my website at coachrobmack.com. Yeah, um, most social media platforms at Rob Mac, M-A-C-K official. And you can find most of my books at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and everywhere else good uh, or great books are sold. And before that, so what are some of the services you provide? Because I know you do coaching. You also speak. So kind of yeah. sum it up of what it is that yeah, you do, do so um, people can get an idea. I appreciate that. Uh, coaching. Uh, for coaching. One-on-one -on -one coaching. Private. Personal. Confidential. Uh, corporate talks. Um, I also do... I write books, publish books, and then I um, produce and host TV shows. Um, so I do like national media spokesperson kind of gigs, things like that. Um, anything that has anything that relates to happiness and creating a happier, healthier world, I'm down for. Man, it's crazy. I just look at this guy and I just want to be happy. I don't know if it's you look good, your smile, your, your smile is contagious, my friend. I appreciate that. That that feeling is mutual, though. I think that birds of a like uh, feather flock together. Oh uh, yeah, it's true. I yeah, mean, really, because like like every. That. I mean, when I first met you, immediately, bro, I was like, this yeah, guy, you know what I mean. And when I just met you, it was just I was like, wow, like it's true. Like you attract what you are. Yeah, it was such a fresh, like, kind of a deep breath just to kind of, like, have you on because it's just, like, you just, like, you're, like, all this happiness and, like, all this, like, not, not contentment, but the fact that you're just, like, so secure and so, like, knowledgeable and just, like, you just, you radiate just positivity. Man, it really is. It, it's, like, it's, like, contagious yeah, almost. I appreciate I mean? that, brother. I mean, it takes light to recognize light. So that is a testament to both of you. I, I mean that, man. Like, I've talked to a lot of people. We all have. So you feel when you have an experience like this, for me, it's so life affirming, so life battling. So thank you so much. Like, infinitely indebted. Grateful. And Very with nice. that being said, ladies and gentlemen, see you Mr. guys. Robert Mack, thank you. Till next time.